as Judy said, this is kind of a long section, and maybe it was too long, but uh, I looked at it and I thought, well, it's not quite long enough because so much happened right before this section that I think I need to fill you in on just a little bit. Um, if we go clear back to the rest of Jesus, the trials of Jesus, Remember, Peter denied Jesus three times during these trials. And, um, and yet, we're going to see a whole different side of Peter in this section. But uh, Jesus was indeed crucified. He was resurrected on a Sunday. Um, Judas kills himself. And then there are 40 days of post-resurrection appearances by Jesus. 40 days. And the ascension. Uh, the apostles elected Matthias as a replacement for Judas. And then the day of Pentecost. 50 days, um, basically, since all these things had happened. Um, the trial, the crucifixion, the resurrection, about 50 days. And so this is all fresh in their minds. Uh, Peter is going out and the other apostles. Each time he mentions Peter here, he also mentions the other apostles. And actually in the section just prior, he mentions Peter and John. So they were all... Um, they were all bringing the gospel to the area, and it's an amazing thing. So, on the day of Pentecost, we all know the ch new church begins. Up to that time, there hadn't been a church. There was Israel and uh, um, the state of Israel, but there hadn't been a church. So now the new church begins. Here in um, chapter 4, um, well, really, uh, the other chapters before that talk about the new church growing and the numbers coming to the church. But in chapter 4, the apostles were called before the council and high priest and warned not to talk about the name of Jesus. But the apostles could not remain silent. And we read that in chapter 4. Well, here we are in chapter 5, and we're going to hear some of those same themes. Um, but in the first part, or second part of chapter 5, um, the apostles were healing people all over the place. And uh, people would line up all the sick people along the roads, and as the apostles walked by, if the shadow cast on them, uh, they would be healed. It was amazing, and God was obviously doing this to create His new church. But uh, it made an exciting time. But then as the uh, high priest and his uh, people, the, uh, especially the Sadducees, saw all this, they arrested uh, Peter and the other apostles and threw them in jail. And this is where we start with um, verses 17 and 18 in chapter 5. 
also would want to say, just in our kind of numbers, I think, although I don't know exactly, I think there are about two months since the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. So, as I said, this is very fresh in all their minds. So, as I looked at these uh, scriptures, the thing that I keyed in on was in verse 20, um, where we had the words of the angel. The angel opens the prison doors and gets them out and says, Speak to the people all the words of this life. And I feel like that was the angel pushing them, saying, guys, i got to get you out of jail because you got to get back to work winning, uh, winning souls. That's why you're here. So I divided this uh, whole long section, verses 17 to 42, into three shorter divisions. Verses 17 to 25, we have the rest and then the liberation by the angel. Verses 26 to 32, Peter's testimony before the council. And then verse 33 to 42, Gamaliel's call to moderation. And then I have some closing thoughts, but I don't know if I have time for them all. Uh, if we get through this, we'll be doing good. So verses um, 17 to 25, again, that's my first section, the arrest and liberation. And in verse 17, we have the Sadducees mentioned right off the bat. They talk about them. And they are indeed a sad bunch. What an appropriate name. They denied the supernatural. They didn't believe in miracles or healings, um, no resurrections of the dead, no angels, no afterlife. So they were more a party of things they didn't believe in than the things they did believe in. Uh, B here under uh, my section one, this situation was the Sadducees' worst nightmare. Everything that they believed in got challenged here. The apostles won't quit preaching. And they keep preaching about that guy that rose from the dead. It's driving them nuts. They had an angel let them out of the prison. The apostles did. Well, you know, the Sadducees couldn't believe that, could they? Because uh, they said there is no angels. They keep talking about Jesus being resurrected all the time. And the apostles were making them jealous on top of that. Everybody wanted to go to these guys that were healing people and really talking about the Word of God. Letter C here, verses 18 to 25. We have all the words of this life. I'm going to read that. Again, they arrested the apostles, put them in a public prison, but during the night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. 
And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Boy, they can follow instructions, can't they? Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council, all the senate of the people of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported, We found the prison securely locked, the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now, isn't that amazing? These, uh, these prison doors, if you've ever been around old places, rusty hinges, they creaking those doors open and closed. We know the angels probably could have gotten them out without opening and closing, but it says they opened the doors, and which means they had to close the doors. So they opened them, let them out, closed the doors, and somehow nobody woke up, nobody realized. It was amazing. Um, continuing on, uh, verse 24, Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this could come to. And someone came and told them, Look, the men who you put in prison are standing in the temple teaching the people. They're still in the temple teaching the people like they'd been told to do. God bless them. Um, well, anyway, in this section, first we're looking at the uh, words of this life. Um, I think this means the good news as we understand it is most likely the meaning. Uh, I copied a few verses down that uh, I think are, um, would fit that bill. John eleven twenty five to 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And then I love this. Um, Jesus said, do you believe this? Do we have anybody here that believes this? I hope we do. We don't have a church if you don't believe this. Well, Martha said she did believe it. And um, what a wonderful example uh, from Jesus and Martha there. 1 John 5.20, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true, in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. It's interesting how they say and the Son says, um, that he is life. He is eternal life. Um, so that, that's why I would think all these words of the life, of this life, is the good news. Um, a last one here, John 14, 6, one that a lot of you know. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, an interesting thing that I'll just throw in, that I don't know if that's right or not, but it was in my ESV study Bible. It says that, that this life, 
the life part, may also be a name used for Christians, kind of like the way. I don't know about you, but boy, back when I was a kid, my mom bought me a living Bible, and it said the way on the front of it. So I remember the way. Um, I think life would also be an appropriate name for Christians, but I still would put it more in the idea of good news. So this life, no, I'm sorry, this was the first of three jail miracles in Acts. Isn't that kind of funny? But uh, shows how amazing God is. The next one here is in chapter 12, verses 6 to 10. Peter's in the jail. Um, he has a man chained to each side of him. And he is, no way he's going to get out of there. From what I understand, the Romans would have assigned a 16-man team. And every three hours, the two guys that were chained to him would change with another couple guys. And the two guys at the door would change with another couple guys. So these four groups of four were all just rotating through there. No way they're going to fall asleep. No way they're going to let anybody out of there. And um, so Peter laying there, and all of a sudden an angel hits him in the side, wakes him up. Kind of sounds like something one of my brothers would have done to me when I was young. Um, but they, he kicks him in the side, I guess, or hits him, and wakes him up. And Peter, in his mind, is thinking, is this really true or not? Am I just dreaming? And he gets up, and the angel has to tell him, well, put your clothes on. And he instructs him, put his clothes on. And he finally gets him dressed, put your sandals on and they walk out, just walk right past everybody. Nobody even knows they'd been there. And it's really neat to me. Peter's still kind of wondering whether it's a vision or a dream. He's kind of like, it can't be real. And as he gets to the city gates, which I'm sure were probably guarded also, uh, the gates swing open before the angel even gets to it. And Peter walks through. Peter walks through a little ways and uh, the gates close and all of a sudden he realizes the angel has left him. And he realizes, I guess I am awake. So he walks on over to his friend's house. And these are true friends. They were all, they were all praying for him. Had been all night. But it's one of the funniest stories, especially for a miracle, because their servant comes to the door and uh, sees Peter or hears him and runs back and tells them all, Peter's at the door. And they're all like, oh, it must be his ghost, because they knew he was going to be executed. And uh, uh, they, they, he keeps knocking, and finally they tell her to go back and open the door, and there he is. He's alive. He comes in. He tells them what happened. And then uh, he leaves, leaves town, which is probably a good idea in this case. 
Unfortunately for the guards, it sounds like all the guards were executed. That would have been 16 men uh, all executed. So they were taking, keeping him in there seriously, and God just made it a laughing stock by what he did. The next one, um, Acts 16, 25 to 34, Paul and Silas in there, middle of the night, midnight, and they're singing songs. And everybody's listening to them. I guess what else do you have to do when you're all chained up sitting in prison? So they're all listening to them as they sing songs, and suddenly this earthquake just breaks everything up, sets everybody free, uh, as they're all laying there, they look and they see that uh, the jailer is getting ready to execute himself. And you know why? He doesn't want to end up like the other guys. It was probably a painful execution for the other guys. And uh, they yell to him, don't do it, and talk to him. And they say, we're all still here. And he asks them, now, as you're out witnessing, I hope this happens to you. He asks them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And being the, uh, the good apostles they were, they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. They talked to him and his family and they all end up coming to Christ. Um, this man doesn't get killed. And in fact, uh, they get word the next day to let the apostles free. So he doesn't have a job anymore because the jail all fell down. But uh, at least he didn't get killed, as it turns out. Sorry I spent so much time on that, but it's just an interesting thing to me. My second section here, verses 26 to 32, is Peter's testimony before the council. Um, verse 36, I wanted to read first. For before these days... Nope, that's not right. Verse 26 is what it says. The captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. Of course, the people had heard all the good things or had seen all the good things the apostles were doing. So they didn't want them carried away. But isn't it interesting that these strong, well-armed guards were afraid? We often shy away from witnessing because we're afraid. Anybody ever do that? I, I have. I, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. Does it help to know that the person you are talking to may be afraid too? Be bold. Trust in the Lord. Um, he'll watch over you. Proverbs 29, 25, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. And I know this has to do more with Joshua and their work of conquering the... Uh, promised land but Joshua 1 9 I have not commanded have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be frightened do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go 
Well, I'm sure God tells us the same thing. We need to be strong and courageous. Um, gosh, we're in this world, in this day and age, in America, we are not going to be killed. And if it happens, I guess that'll be a whole new America. But at this point, we have an open door to present the gospel. And this idea is so true for all of us. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So wherever you decide to witness, the Lord's with you. I, um, I know that's true. So we just need to trust that and uh, it'll work. Uh, let's see, let's read um, verse 27 and 28. When they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest Question them, saying, We strictly charge you not to teach in his name, in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Uh, this I had to, it's just ironic that they of all people would say this. The high priest complains that Peter and the apostles intend to bring this man's blood upon us, Jesus' blood upon them. These are the same guys that were in the council back two months earlier who wanted Jesus dead so bad they pushed and pushed till they got uh, Pilate, uh, the Roman uh, uh, guy, governor, to, um, to execute him. And so they wanted him so bad to die, and they pushed for it. But Matthew 27, 25 says, They asked for the blood to be on them and their children. But guess what? Now, now they don't like it. They don't want it on them. They said, oh, that's, that, that wasn't us. That's not our fault. It's just ironic. It's an it's a odd thing to read. Verse 29 then. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. Um, Christians are to obey our government leaders if they don't try to make us disobey God. Peter and the apostles knew that they had been told by Jesus to be his witnesses. And so they could not obey the high priest's order not to teach in the name of Jesus. Uh, so far, our governments have been easy on us in that regard. Not that I like everything they do. Um, I'm not always thrilled about new taxes, um, little restrictions on this or that, but I am allowed. I'm here preaching today, and so far nobody's at the door wanting to lock me up. So uh, we need to be good citizens of, uh, of our government. And above them, though, we still have God and Christ. Verse 30 to 32. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. A cross, of course, is what we think. 
God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. So I went past my spot. 188. Oh, 30 to 32. I'm sorry. Okay, God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these sayings, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Uh, let's see. We, um, here we have the Holy Spirit mentioned also as a witness. Of course, uh, Peter and the apostles were eyewitnesses to all that had happened. Uh, but the Holy Spirit, uh, we, he mentions them receiving the Holy Spirit, all who obey him. And how do we obey Christ? Number one, we repent and believe. There's no works we can do to get the Holy Spirit in us more. When we've believed in God, um, he gives us the Holy Spirit. Actually, the Holy Spirit causes us to believe in God. John 15, 26 and 27 is, is a good verse on that. Uh, I just wrote that he helps us when we witness. He helps us to remember everything. He gives us courage to witness. And uh, in that way, he... Uh, he really cares for us, and he's with us always. Peter immediately, this is letter E, Peter immediately ignores the high priest's order to stop teaching in Jesus' name and shares the good news with all those gathered to stop the apostles. What a different story this would have been if the high priest, his followers, had listened to Peter repented of their sins and believed. Uh, I just was thinking of Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's hard to believe in it. This is the same Peter that denied Jesus three times before the crucifixion. I know he talked to Christ several times, and I'm sure that Christ helped adjust his mindset. But this coming of the Holy Spirit was powerful, and it's still powerful for us. Um, we need to be asking for the Holy Spirit's help when we go to share the good news. My third section here, uh, last section... Verse 33 to 42, uh, Gamaliel's call to moderation. I have no idea if I'm saying Gamaliel right or not. Uh, that's a Hoosier pronunciation. So let me read uh, verse 33. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. Well, again... Um, they, uh, they were ignoring um, 
what the uh, council had told them, and they are just outright uh, sharing the gospel and shared it right to them. And I guess they're showing their disapproval. I don't think they were going to be baptized later in the week. But we never know, do we? We never know. There's never anybody so bad that they can't be saved. We often uh, think, ah, that guy is a mess. Well, share the gospel with him. That's the kind of guy that needs it. That's the kind of girl that needs it. Um, when we're sinners, we can see more how bad our sin is. Verse 34 um, But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. So, um, this Gamaliel, he was a part of the Pharisees and a prominent rabbi in his day. He was also the one Paul that taught Paul um, before his conversion, before Paul's conversion. But Gamil, uh, because of his great standing, despite most of the leaders actually being uh, um, being Sadducees, they would listen to him, and so they did. He brought uh, some moderation to this. Um, so he tells the posse, they were all mounted up, they all had their ropes, they were ready to go string up those apostles, and he calms them down. He says, I want you to consider these former rebels, Judas the Galilean and Theodos. They both had a group of followers for a time, but after the leaders died, the groups faded away. So this reasoning, so his reasoning was that Jesus had died, so this group of Christians will also fade away. Well, let me tell you, Satan is still waiting for the Christians to fade away. We're not fading away if we've truly believed. Um, there's just a couple of really great verses that I grabbed for that. Um, first of all, thinking of the church, Matthew 16, 15 to 18. Um, uh, the whole thing is all very good, but I just zeroed in on the end part. Uh, Jesus said that the gates of hell, hell cannot prevail against the church. The church is not going to fail. He established it. It's going to keep going until he brings us all up on the, uh, that day when he calls everybody to be to heaven with him. Um, then uh, John 10, 27 to 30, it's just a very great couple verses of the security of the saints who have believed. Um, we're not going to fade away if we've really trusted in Him. The believer is secure. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. We're in his hand. My Father has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. We are covered by both the hands of God and Christ. And I know God's a spiritual being, and that's some kind of metaphor or whatever. But the idea is they have us. They will never let go of us. What he doesn't mention here is that um, the Holy Spirit is the one who's put a seal on us when he saved us. So really, there's all three of them got a hold of us, and they're not going to lose us. So don't think it would have been better, don't you think it would have been better for the high priest and Gamaliel to have examined the scriptures about Jesus, to see if he was the Christ and the Son of God. He was supposedly an expert on the scriptures, and yet he couldn't study in the scriptures and find out that this Christ, this Jesus, was the Christ, the Son of God. Um, can't help but think here, being in, in Acts, the Bereans in Acts 17.11. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And I would always invite you in. I think it's a good idea if you examine the scriptures that your pastors give you, your teachers give you. Something you see from your friends, examine them. Uh, the book, the Bible, it's our final spot of deciding whether things are true or not. Verse 40 to 42, we're getting, we're getting here to the end. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Um, notice that after that great peel, appeal for moderation, their moderation was to beat them. And they think probably it was one of those beatings with the uh, whip, uh, that they would whip them like 39 times. Um, but uh, imagine this bloodied, beaten group of apostles limping and dragging themselves out of this meeting. Were they cursing and complaining? like we might have been? No. Um, they left the council rejoicing. It's just hard to believe when you think of it. They had just suffered dishonor for the name of Jesus. They rightly saw this has an honor to be allowed to do that. So, 
my last um, section on this. We'll see if I have time to do a little more. Note, um, the apostles were boldly teaching, preaching, witnessing. They did not stop. They were obeying God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and even the angel God had sent to save them. All telling them, pushing them, you need to be teaching, preaching, bringing that good news. Uh, throughout our section that we went through. This is just staying in our own little section here. First in verse 20, we have the angel told them to speak to the people all the words of this life. Again, I'm thinking um, the good news. Um, everything about the good news. Verse 21, they immediately entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Verse 25, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. It's amazing and uh, at the same time uh, so commendable of these uh, apostles to do that. 28, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, uh, the high priest said. Wow, I wish we could say we've filled uh, the east side with God's teaching. Uh, we need to do a better job of that, don't we? Here as we stand at the end of the year, looking to the next year, we want to make it an emphasis, and we don't want it to be something that we, we just go through the motions on. We want it to be something that changes the way we act, the way we do things. Um, verses 29 to 32, Peter and the apostles teach the high priest and the whole council. I love that. Um, that had to be the Holy Spirit to keep the whole council quiet, to allow them to present the, um, the good news. And uh, amazing that they would do that. Verse 42 Every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Wow, we have a ways to go if we want to, uh, to do that kind of plan. Uh, house to house, every single day. Probably we could have the um, the praise band get up here, praise group. Um, when I think of the gospel, I think of Jesus sent to the world by the Father. He was born of the Virgin Mary. There was no sin in him. We are born in sin. Jesus wasn't born in sin. Um, Jesus lived a perfect life. Every moment of his life was following um, all the uh, laws of the Old Testament. He fulfilled everyone perfectly. In everything he did, he made the Father happy, God the Father happy. And I, I think of him going and healing people. 
And it talks about him healing late into the evening. And he had to be so tired. And um, he continues going. And it's because he's fulfilling everything perfectly. Well, anyway, after that perfect life, just to show how much we in the world appreciated him, we crucified him. He was found guilty, not for anything he had ever done, but for our sins. Um, He went to the cross. He was beaten brutally, whipped, uh, mocked. He went to the cross. He died on the cross. They took him down. Uh, the guards even gambled for his clothes. Uh, what, what a thing to do. And would you really want that? I don't know. I guess they did. And then they took him and threw him in a grave, a grave of a rich man, and rolled the stone over. And the next day was a Sabbath day, and so they left him there. So he was there all that evening. On Friday, he was there all night. He was there in that tomb, dead, all day on Saturday, Sabbath. And then on Sunday morning, they came out to... um, wrap him up, and he was gone. They didn't know where he was, and then he appeared to a few of them. He was alive again. It was incredible. The man was so beaten and so brutalized, there's no way he could be alive again by any kind of natural thing. But he was alive again, and... After that, uh, he went to heaven and sits now at the Father's right hand. Well, the good news part of that is that when Jesus died for our sins, it means that if we believe in him and his work, what's his work? He lived a perfect life. He died the death on the cross that paid my debt. I don't have to die on a cross now because he did it for me. And you can be saved. And when I mean saved, I mean all your sins are forgiven. Everyone, even clear back as far as you can remember till the end of your life, all your sins are forgiven. And then on top of that, when you do die someday, or perhaps if the Lord comes again before that time, we get to go to heaven and be with Him for all eternity without any sin, without any sinners, all in a perfect state of health and a perfect spiritual state. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You for Jesus. Help us, Lord, to... Always have him at the front of our minds. Always share him with others. And be faithful to you and your calling for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.